Good morning and welcome to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson, your host, your personal financial advisor, live this Saturday morning. It's a glorious summer day out there. Absolutely gorgeous. Starting out uh, crystal clear and uh, cool temperatures this morning. Absolutely beautiful. Red skies, tons of red skies this morning. Isn't that a bad sign? Kind of a... There's a saying about that. Something about that. With sailors. Sailors warning. Sailors warning. Yeah, it's, well... That voice you heard in the background, Bobby Gunther, well, she knows a thing or two about sailors. So, welcome to More Than Money. Just keep moving on there, buddy. Pump your brakes. You haven't been introduced yet. Welcome to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson, your host, your personal financial advisor, back from the travels. We landed at W-A-E, W-A-E-B. That's where I landed, W-A-E-B. We landed at A-E-B. Wednesday afternoon at 4.30 in a driving rain with turbulence that took that jet side to side. My wife had some very interesting things to say about that. But we made it as opposed to, gosh, we could have been routed to Newark where their baggage claim was literally underwater. They had to shut the airport because baggage claim flooded. Unbelievable. New York City flooded. We are very happy to be back, very happy to be behind this microphone. But while we were away, I I have heard rumors. While we were away, co-host becomes host. Good stuff. Good stuff. Alyssa Young, our co-host today, our host last week. Good morning, young lady. Good morning. Uh, so how would you enjoy being uh, the head honcho? It was fun. It was Alyssa runs the shop. We can't run the store because you've you've trademarked that with uh, with Hager Furniture, but Alyssa ran the shop, <laughs> and um, you were there for support. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. So honestly, she did such a good job. I'm surprised your key card worked this morning to get you into the building. <laughs> we usually we usually have those, you know. Reserved for on-air talent. Void. Void. Deactivated. (laughs) Voided. Yeah. So I'm surprised you're here, actually, quite honestly. That that is, uh, that's remarkably kind of you to make that note. That's, that's, uh, you know, your observational humor right there. Fantastic. So you're now, just so you know, you're now the (laughs) co-host. Wow. The sidekick. Uh, I'm married. I know how that feels. Okay. (laughs) Moving right along. Uh, welcome to uh, More Than Money, You've, and indeed, Alyssa Young at, at, at the ready, and she's got tons of stuff ready, and some uh, emails she didn't get to last week, and a bunch of emails that we got this week. But before we get too far into the show, two things we need to do quickly is to give you the way that you contact us, 610-720-7900, 610-720-7900. Um, my guess is that you you helped Alyssa with the uh, resetting of the show and and reannouncing phone numbers and all. No, that. she didn't need it. No, seriously, no, I didn't help her at all. She, I, I, she's had it's, the, it's radio. If you're all the way across, she the had room a sidekick. <laughs> she had a sidekick with her, and um, no, I had uh, I left. I said I'm here if you need me, and I left. I, she did, I knew she wouldn't need me. I'm serious. She does. She does a very talented. Yeah. That's skills. Thanks, gentlemen. That's skills. Six one zero seven two zero seventy nine hundred. You can send us an email, Gene at askmtm.com, Alyssa at askmtm.com. Or you can go through the miracles of modern technology. If you've got internet anywhere coast to coast, north and south, go to more than moneyonline.com. More than moneyonline.com. Hit the listen live button, which magically appears every Saturday 
at about 8 o'clock. By the way, it disappears at 10. So if you're like going, hey, it's 11, I can't get the show. Duh. Exactly. Was that racist? <laughs> Sexist. 810. <laughs> exactly. That's an HR complaint to be filed right there. Um, Bobby Gunter Walsh joining us because next week, big time. Big time. Let us know. Well, we're really excited uh, for the Folds of Honor event that uh, Gene made us aware we every year have done for about maybe 10 years now. Some We've helped some uh, military organization in some way, and Gene made us aware a few years ago about Folds of Honor, something he was excited about and wanted to help. So we jumped on board with that last year, big success, and looking forward to it again this year, uh, Folds of Honor, which helps military families, and we can get into all that, and Gene will sure explain it. And I know you have a guest on from Folds of Honor later on the show. But Monday we brought, all week long were the morning shows on the road, from 5 to 10 all week long. Monday we start out at Lehigh Valley Honda, one of the Venart dealerships. A big thank you to the Venart dealerships for supporting our military and Folds of Honor. So we're there at Lehigh Valley Honda Monday 5 to, I mean, excuse me, Tuesday 5 to 10, Monday's Labor Day. Uh, so we're there Tuesday 5 to 10. Then Wednesday, we're at the beautiful historic hotel Bethlehem, which just got number one best historic hotel in America. And one of the reasons isn't just how beautiful it is. It's their commitment to the community, what they do for the Lehigh Valley. And this is one of the charities they're helping. Folds of Honor, again, Hotel Bethlehem. Come on over, have breakfast 5 to 10 on uh, Wednesday morning. Then Thursday, we're at the Ritz Barbecue over there right by the fairgrounds. And that's brought to you by the Ritz and by Earl Wen's Monuments. This is really interesting. Bill called up and said, Gunther, and we have new salesperson, his, his salesperson uh, uh, retired, and so it sort of got lost in the shuffle, and he called me and said, Gunther, isn't it time for, and this is about through, and he was upset, well, I want to be in on this, so that speaks volumes about him, this is his one, he helps me with all my charities, but this is the one he likes to sponsor, and so he's a sponsor of Earl Wens and the Ritz on Thursday, and then Friday at the offices of MTM Financial, uh, more than money at Hanoverville Road in uh, Bethlehem there in, in Nazareth, in the whole, between Bethlehem and Nazareth, the Holy Lands. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, so we'll be there 5 to 10. That's usually the big day money-wise, but it's also the day we do the 21-gun salute and the playing of taps. And then Saturday, kind of a, a, a cleanup day this year on 9-11. We're going to be up uh, from 8 to 10. 8 to 10, Gene will be doing a show up at Relic Hunter Firing Line, and we're broadcasting there, I think, I think, till 3 in the afternoon and taking your calls at Relic Hunter Firing Line, Egypt Road and Copley. Big thank you to Relic Hunter. So all those great sponsors helping out with Folds of Honor. You'll be calling the uh, and more than the number that Gene gives out today. Write that down. That's the number you'll be calling all week long to give your contribution to Folds of Honor. Looking forward to some incredible – we had a, a prep meeting on Thursday – and some of the stories Gene was sharing with me that we'll be telling this year are incredible stories of families that have gone through so much after having lost a member of them, their, their family in the military. And then some of the stuff they also were battling. It's incredible, folks. And we are asking you to support these families. And in light of losing 13 Marines and everything that's gone on recently, I would hope that this year we knock it out of the park and have our biggest fundraiser ever uh, on 9-11 as we remember 9-11 because quite honestly too many of us have forgotten it well said my friend well said and we've got so uh, much planned so much going on so many great speakers so many so many great opportunities 
One of the things I want to assure everyone who's listening, if you make that contribution, you can go to our website right now, morethanmoneyonline.com, hit the banner at the top of the page and make your donation, or you can call us during the week, 610-746-7007. All of the money raised stays in eastern Pennsylvania and New Jersey. That's our local chapter. Every dime, we gave out 16 I, I have that wrong. My apologies. Nineteen five thousand dollar scholarships last year. Nineteen just in our chapter. And this year we want to double that. So do the math and be generous. Gunther, thank you so yep. much. God bless. And God bless Earl Wins. How fantastic is that? What a human being. Fantastic. Ah, welcome back. More than money. We're very excited about next week. There's so much going on with uh, our Radiothon. Gunther, of course, is there at every single event, every single venue throughout the week. I'll be, I think I'm at every venue. I think I have scheduled myself so I can be at every venue for at least part of Gunther's broadcast so that whether it's uh, Lehigh Valley Honda, the Hotel Bethlehem, the Ritz Barbecue, Raleigh Gunther, or our very own more than money in the holy lands between Bethlehem and Nazareth. We hope that you'll join us. This will be your first Radiothon with us. It will. Pretty exciting stuff. Yes. I'll obviously be at the office on Friday, and mm -hmm. I'll be at Relic Hunter on Saturday. Exciting stuff. Yeah. Looking Speaking forward. of exciting stuff, you had an exciting evening last week, or last evening. I did. Last night was Nazareth High School's first home football game of the season. So we were there to support the Blue Eagles and my son, Andrew, number nine. Number nine. He <laughs> belongs to her. <laughs> <laughs> and they won 43-6 to six against Deerf. Deerf had a rough night. They did. And they had a rough night not just against a tough Nazareth football team, but they had a lot of injuries. Uh, it looked like they were playing with a pretty depleted team to begin with, not a whole lot of players. And then even the Nazareth crowd – I'll tell you what, talk about a classy bunch of human beings. Uh, Nazareth, or I'm sorry, Deerf players went down often. Mm -hmm. And the Nazareth supporters were there supporting those kids, hoping that they get up and giving them uh, applause and, and encouragement. And fortunately, they all did. Yeah. Some of them, I don't know that they finished the game because they got, there was some real struggles yeah, and we felt bad about that, but it was a it was a hard fought victory, and congratulations to uh, the entire team. They did a great job. Thanks, thanks for coming. It was and fun. Uh, Andrew, uh, we heard the name Andrew Young announced a number of times last night over the uh, the loudspeakers for for good play on the field. So fantastic. Thank you, and We're thanks for letting him. us hang out with your family. That was great. Yeah, he always Andrew always gets a nice uh, crowd of supporters. We call it the Andrew Young Fan Club. Um, yeah, we're lucky to have, uh, we're blessed to have a great family and friends who support him. So it's always fun to sit together and cheer for him. It is indeed. Yeah. 610, well, I say it is indeed. It was our first experience. <laughs> we liked it. We're likely to be back. Awesome. 610-720-7900. We talked about that. We talked about that. We didn't talk about your bumper music. We'll get back to that at some <laughs> point in the future. Um, let's see. Hi, I listen to your show every Saturday morning. Really enjoy it for content and entertainment. <laughs> uh, I wanted to tell Alyssa that she did great. Oh, oh thank you so much. That's very, very kind. 
Uh, I think we've already determined that content and entertainment is our specialty. Mm -hmm. Apparently, you're the smart one. <laughs> and you're the Appar goofy one. <laughs> Apparently. I'm not really clear that that's the way it was supposed to go. 610-720-7900. We go to the phones. We talk to Bob. Bob, good morning. Oh, good morning to you, too. Can't, I have a question about uh, trust agreements, trust funds. Uh, my, I have two sons. One's in down south and one's up here in Pennsylvania. Uh and a long time ago, uh, a senior advisor told us to get trust funds on the bank account. And they did, but they made it irrevocable, and uh, they named all two sons. And in the meantime, the one son that's in the South has hit it. Well, he had a good job. He was a little older, and he, he, has, a, he has a tremendously large 401k. He, mm -hmm. He's doing real good. Sure. But the other son is not doing so good. He's in Pennsylvania. And I wanted to know, because the, the, son, in, the, the son in the South said he doesn't want to be on the irrevocable trust because he has enough money for him and his wife to go on for the rest of their life. Sure. But the other one, the other one is not that good because he's not that well physically and he's younger and stuff like that. But I, my question is, can I tell the bank that I want to have one of the names withdrawn and have a, have they with the person that wants to withdraw write a letter with their name, address, date, and a notary, would that take it away and just leave it for one instead of two? Yeah, Bob, I'm, I'm afraid your, your answer is, is not going to be the one that you're looking for. The, the term irrevocable is in the legal world uh, a very serious one and, and one that's very, very difficult to overcome, which is why it's so rarely used, it's so rarely recommended. Now, before we get too far down the road, we would want absolutely uh, uh, to have you counsel with an experienced estate planning attorney so that uh, he or she could review that trust and see if the document gives you any wiggle room. Uh, and, and one of the, the wiggle rooms may be, may be, that if you as the owner of the account has the right to withdraw funds, if during your lifetime you have the right to withdraw those funds, then the problem is rather easily solved. You simply take all the money out of that account, close it in essence, and start a new account where the beneficiary is just one of your sons. That may be an opportunity within that trust document. It may not. There's simply no way to know without examining the trust document in detail. It also is extremely important how the bank um, constructed the account uh, title as well. If they indeed titled it in the name of the trust, the irrevocable trust, um, the, the opportunity, the, the probability that you'll be able to make adjustments is, is slim and none. But it doesn't mean that you should give up hope. It means that you've got to take the next step, and that's to work with an attorney that has experience in these things so that they can examine that document. All irrevocable trust documents are different. They are typically customized. They are typically, they're not off-the-shelf kind of documents. 
So you've got to make sure that you understand, someone understands, someone you trust understands uh, exactly what the agreement says and what your options are. It may end up, it may end up uh, that the uh, trust has to be enforced exactly as it was uh, written, that these uh, funds are split, that your one son who doesn't actually need the money gets the money uh, anyway. If that is the case, he always has the option of what's referred to as a disclaimer. He has the option of saying, I don't want it. And if indeed the trust document is written and it goes to uh, these two young men, uh, if one says, I don't want it, it is likely that it goes directly to the other. So don't give up hope that what you're trying to do can be accomplished. It just needs a very keen legal eye to give you good counsel. So if your uh, original attorney that helped you with this, I'm not really sure actually that he or she helped you, that the irrevocable trusts are so rarely um, uh, useful and often in cases just like this, they're very, very troublesome. Um, if the original attorney is available to you, you might want to counsel with him or her. If he or she is not, then let us know. We have an excellent attorney as part of our team, and, and we're happy to help. Yeah, the, the bank account I'm talking about, it was originally my wife and mine, mm-hmm. and it was that way, and it's still that way. But then later in life, as we got older, that's when they the they, uh, this senior person wrote uh, they, I don't know how they did it, but they sent it in into the bank. And I only found out last month that the, the bank has this trust agreement for my original bank account. And I said, now, wait a minute. I started that bank account. I didn't know that you were going to do it through the go thing. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why I wanted to know if the bank would accept the fact that uh, the, the other son that doesn't need it would just write a letter saying he's right, let's withdraw. And as I was writing, tell him I'm in favor of that. That wouldn't work, you don't think. Uh, I'm not sure that it would or it wouldn't. Uh, what I would say, Bob, is that uh, as soon as you hang up, I'm going to give you a second or two. I'll give you our office number. You reach out to us, and we'll make sure that we get you the uh, the advice that you need. All right. Thank you. Bob, Appreciate thank it. you. God bless. Bye-bye. Uh, if you wish to call us, 610-720-7900. Send Alyssa an email, alyssa at askmtm.com. Send Gene an email, gene at askmtm.com. If you're Bob or if you're someone in Bob's situation where you're going, I really need to sit with a trusted estate planning attorney, someone who's experienced and knows what they're doing uh, to solve a particular problem, or perhaps, goodness, uh, as so many, um, by some estimates, 65 or 70% of Americans have not yet drawn their will they haven't even begun, it's not correcting something, it's beginning something, uh, then you can call our office at 610-746-7007. 646-7007. And that's fine. Put that aside. Um, thank you, sir. In the 9 o'clock hour, Major Ed. Yes. Um, Major Ed had a... Uh, a uh, bump in the road last week and unfortunately couldn't join Alyssa, but uh, I know you were prepped. I was. And by golly, you're going to use your prep because we're going to let you do the interview with, with a major ed this morning. Sounds good. So that worked out really well. You wanted me, I think to, uh, to handle that. Yes. I'll read this email that was directed to Jean. It says, 
I read an article this week that was giving advice to young people in college as they get ready to enter the real world. It had this quote, do what you love. The fastest way to get rich is by doing something you love to do. When you do something you love and you're good at it, you will do well financially. While most people in the middle class say the rich are always working, the wealthy are actually having so much fun because they love what they do. My daughter is a senior at Westchester and met you recently. She was very impressed that you took the time to speak with her, you being a big celebrity and all. (laughs) I told her I've been listening to you for years and you give good advice. I seem to remember you had offered some advice to young people a few years back and you disagreed with this gentleman. Can you refresh my memory? I'm hoping my daughter will be listening. Well, I hope so too. I do remember this young lady, very, very impressive, very smart, very personable. Young folks these days sometimes are so glued to their devices that they are rarely able to make effective eye contact. It's a very important thing to do. A firm handshake, by the way, young women especially. I've taught my daughters, when you're shaking somebody's hand, shake it. Don't give them that, that, the fingertips, the, the, the fingertips or, or the dish rag. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Step right up there, make eye contact, make them impressed. The idea that if you do something you love, you will always be successful is a big steaming pile of hoo-ha. Because what if what you love is video games? Mm. Love them all you want. The likelihood, the probability that you make a living playing video games is about equal to the probability that if you really love playing football, you're going to end up in the NFL. Or if you really love playing pickleball, that you're going to make a hundred grand a year on the pickleball tour. The likelihood simply isn't in your favor. Now, enjoying what you do? Oh, without a doubt. My guidance has always been find a way to serve a lot of people while doing something that you like. So if you're saying, we'll use video games as the example, I'm serving a lot of people by playing, okay, that doesn't seem to work. Now, people say, well, what about artists? What about recording artists? What about singer-songwriters? You can have a magnificent career serving people with your talent, with your art, there's, there's, there's nothing to say you have to be in business. doesn't say, I said serve. Uh, waiters and waitresses serve. Bartenders serve. There are people making tremendous li- livings, livings in those types of careers. Start with how do I serve? How do I help other people? What am I passionate about that will allow me to help other people? And then you're absolutely right. I'm now 40 plus years into a career where I could with no dishonesty whatsoever say, I, I don't believe I've ever worked a day. I've enjoyed my career and still enjoy my career so much that when people ask, when are you going to retire? My question is, why would I, why would I? 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. Alyssa at askmtm.com. More than money online.com. We'll take your calls, questions after this. More than money.
Okay, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I travel across the country for one week. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, John. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned to John that uh, when Diane and I flew into uh, the airport here in Allentown on Wednesday, it was at the height of the storm. We were amazed that we actually land. There was tremendous turbulence. And he said, if you thought that was turbulent, wait till you wait to hear what your new bumper music is. <laughs> the only thing that's, that's, that's a saving grace, it's a saving grace. I love Donna Summer. <laughs> I love Donna Summer. She was an amazing, strong Christian, strong Christian, wonderful woman. Um, later in her life, she, uh, in, in a number of interviews, indicated that she was pretty unhappy with a lot of the music they had her do in the 70s and 80s wasn't really her and in her later um latter part of her career she focused on christian music and she's wonderful and uh in my opinion macarthur park was her best song ever and most folks have never even heard it i have Mo- not most folks have never even heard of the song it was originally uh, written by it was written by jimmy webb originally uh sung by richard harris who was uh, more known for as an actor rather than a singer but fantastic. And then she covered it. Ugh, she is incredible. Uh, 610-720-7900. Gene at askmtm.com. Alyssa at askmtm.com. Uh, morethanmoneyonline.com. I want to circle back to the question we talked about just before we went to the break uh, about um, fastest way to get rich is by doing something you love to do. Yeah, steaming pile of hoo-ha fastest way to get rich is find a way to serve as many other people as you possibly can. As a matter of fact, Zig Ziglar, who is a name, again, unknown to many in the younger generation, but in my generation and previous generations was recognized as one of the most insightful uh, experts in the world of of business and sales and success and and being a quality human being. Um, His phrase that, that I will... I will attempt to quote it. It'll be, uh, it'll be pretty close, uh, was that you can have anything you want in this world if you help enough other people get what they need in this world. Oh, I like that. It, it's, it, it makes, number one, it makes perfect sense. Number two, it's a, it's a mission that we can, we can live with, we can be happy with, we can be, we can have self-respect. We can have joy um, because it doesn't depend, as so many people are under the misimpression that, that capitalism or success, financial success, is a function of how many other people you take advantage of, how many other people you can trick 
how many other people you can, uh, what, separate them from their wallets. And the reality is it's the exact opposite. Uh, the criminals and the scammers, even if they make money, look at Bernie Madoff, made a ton of money and was theor theoretically uh, a big muckety-muck in the financial world and died penniless in prison. Not the way you want to end up. No. No, you want to end up on uh, the, the deal, the goal, end up on a high note. And if in your entire career you passionately and with love, love is a great word, with love, serve tons of people, whether that's as a financial advisor and giving them peace of mind and confidence as they make financial decisions, or whether it's as a singer-songwriter, uh, penning uh, inspirational songs and, and doing a Donna Summer and uh, becoming um, really uh, loved and appreciated by many, many people over many, many years. Um, yes, the love part, the passion part, yes. But figure out how to serve as many people as you possibly can. That's good advice. Uh, and again, that young lady from Westchester, I remember meeting her very, very well. And to all of you, now she's a senior, so she's what, 20, 21? Mm -hmm. In my world, that's very young. Uh, but she handled herself very well. If you also, if you want a leg up on being successful, get yourself some training. If it's not your strength, get yourself some training on how to handle yourself in social situations a strong handshake not a bone crusher you football players out there you're lifting weights going i'll show that guy that's uh, no no <laughs> a trip to the er does not make me remember you fondly <laughs> makes me want to call your parents anyway um uh, eye contact and respect and the ability to express an idea without ums and ands and well, you know, whatever. You know, oh, like, please. like. Yeah, like. So, like, I was, you know, like, um, in, I was in the car, like, and it was incredible because this thing, like, just happened. And <laughs> seriously, seriously. Spit it out. Seriously. So, um, very often, um, those kind of interpersonal skills, communication skills become critical. You happen, by the way, to have a. Uh, if I remember correctly, a degree in communication. I do. Broadcast journalism. Broadcast journalism. Mm -hmm. So for the first, what, 15 years of your professional life, a lot of broadcast journalism? No. I worked at a newspaper. Sure. But a lot of what I learned in broadcast journalism applied well when we had to make the transition from print to online. Mm. So, you know, we wrote online breaking news differently. Uh, the whole concept about, you know, providing like video clips and that kind of stuff all went really well. It helped me um, help the newspaper transition into into online. So that was, you know, a good background for me to have. Uh, Syracuse? Yes. Really good school. Um, clearly you had a passion for broadcast journalism. Mm-hmm. And now look at you. It came full circle. How about it? <laughs> yeah. There's a reason for almost everything that happens in our well, life. Well, it's interesting when you were talking about doing something that serves others and, you know, what's actually financially beneficial. When I uh, was a senior at Syracuse and I was trying to figure out where I was going to work, I could have worked at a local TV station. Um, 
but I went to the newspaper because actually it did pay better. Mm. And it was an important consideration for me, you know, so I did have to weigh that. But what I loved about being a newspaper reporter was helping the Nazareth area community learn about what was going on in their town and make decisions about their lives because they were informed. And I loved talking to people and telling their stories. And I did feel like I was doing a good service. Mm. So that's why I loved that job, because I could see, you know, I could see that it was helping people because I could talk to them and they were they reacted. And Mm. that was what I, I loved being a journalist, the ability to help people. What we're doing today is quite similar. It is, yeah. And even in marketing, when I worked in marketing and I could help businesses and their employees thrive. Communicate with their clients yep. and prospective clients. Yep. And so it really has that common theme. So I totally agree with uh, with your advice because I um, that's what I've, has given me the most joy in my career, even in different types of jobs. It's a, the common denominator was the service part. Fantastic. Do you have a, uh, an email that we can uh, kick around? Of course I do. Here's one that says, my mom passed away earlier this year. <sighs> Sorry to hear that. And left me just over $65,000 in a Roth IRA. I'm 48, have a great job, and don't need the money right now. Can I leave it in the Roth and then give it to my kids when I die? Will they get the in- get? I guess this means to say, will they get the money income tax-free, too? Ooh, okay. Um, This isn't going to go exactly the way she would like. And it's also going to be a surprise to a fair number of folks out there who are not clear about how the inherited IRA rules actually work. There is a misimpression on the part of many that a Roth IRA inherited does not need to follow the 10-year rule. The the 10-year rule, relatively new, uh, says that when you inherit an IRA and you are not a spouse, Mm -hmm. you must take the money out within 10 years. Yes. You can take it out in any pattern that you wish. You could take it out immediately. You could take it out on the ninth year, 364th day. That would give you the maximum tax deferral. Uh, Or you can take it out in pieces along the way. In many ways, if you're strategic, you can get the money out, put it back in somewhere else that's tax deductible. Life gets grand. All of that in complication, all that challenge, Everybody seems to have, I say everybody, most folks seem to have a handle on it. Mm-hmm. And then we throw the word Roth in there and they say, well, that doesn't apply. Because the Roth is tax-free. Why was anybody, nobody's going to care. Sadly, the answer is it does apply. Uh, Roth IRAs uh, inherited by non-spouses uh, are required to be withdrawn within 10 years. So this young lady needs to get a bit more strategic Um, taking the money out will not be taxable to her. She doesn't need it. She would like it to be uh, in the hands of of, uh, my kids, kids, multiple kids. Mm -hmm. Let's paint a couple potential strategies. What if she wants to get the money? Make it simple. It's it's 100 grand and she's going to pull out 
10,000 bucks a year for 10 years and she has two kids. What suggestion might we make so that she can get it from her to the kids? Um, Open their own Roth IRAs and then contribute annually with with what she withdrew, contribute if they have earned income. Uh, if they qualify, yeah, it might be the perfect solution because it goes from an IRA that has to come out within ten years to if she's forty eight. Let's pick numbers. She has uh, twins that are twenty five, <laughs> and they each get five thousand bucks a year. And if they have the ability to qualify for a Roth IRA, that's within the limits. I got lucky. Didn't, didn't kind of think through that. Just got lucky. Um, and then all of a sudden, by the end of 10 years, her Roth IRA is empty, which it needs to be. The penalties, by the way, are nasty. If you don't take it out, it's 50% of what you're supposed Ugh. to take out. So she should have taken out 10. It's going to cost her 5000 bucks yep. if she doesn't. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Um, and if it works out perfectly, then the two children will have now each 50 grand plus all the earnings in Roth IRAs that can grow for their entirety of their lives tax-free. Pretty good idea. Yeah. In the very um, uh, basic option, uh, they will have, uh, she will have the opportunity to make gifts and then the kids will be um, what, empowered to use those funds however is best suited for them. If you're 25, maybe getting five grand a year for the next 10 years is the down payment on a house. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the start of a business. Maybe it's paying down a mortgage. Maybe it's starting 529s for grandchildren. Paying off student loans. It's paying off student loans. The strategies involved can be far and wide. There can, it can be very diverse. The key is the money's got to come out. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish that wasn't the I answer. I wish that was not the answer. Uh, okay. Um, before we get too far along, uh, talking about resetting, 610-720-7900. Alyssa at askmtm.com. Gene at askmtm.com. Morethanmoneyonline.com. In the 9 o'clock hour, you're going to conduct an interview with? Major Ed Polito. He is a retired U.S. Army major. I was telling you all last week that we were going to talk to him last week, but um, as you know, that didn't happen. So he's joining us this morning, and he's an ambassador for Folds of Honor, which is the nonprofit organization that the Radiothon next week will benefit, and they raise money and grant scholarships to uh, family members of fallen and disabled military service members. It's an incredible organization. I had the honor to uh, to speak to Ed last year a couple times, and he is a remarkable human being. So we want you to make sure that you hang in. <clears throat> I'm going to have you tee up your next email for me, but then I'm going to share this first. Okay. Uh, I recently got this from a gentleman. I watched one of your MTM shows. Uh, he, we, as you most most of you know, we have. Uh, shows that air on both Blue Ridge Cable and PBS 39. And there was a question about Social Security. I could have misinterpreted something you said. I understood you just said if someone waits until 70 to collect Social Security as I did, if they die, their spouse will not collect the extended benefit, only what they would have received at my full retirement age. I did the research before delaying, and I understand it that the rules do allow 
a widow or widower to collect the spouse's full age 70 social security. Uh, as long as they have reached full retirement age, please let me know. I pass this on to a gentleman that, hmm, from a social security standpoint, <laughs> is about as knowledgeable as they get. Mr. Mark Basak, and he sent this gentleman this email. Your understanding is correct. A surviving spouse does get the full benefit, including delayed retirement credits. Living spouses who receive a full or partial spousal benefit do not in enjoy the benefit of delayed retirement credits. I suspect the difference uh, between living and surviving spouses caused that confusion. Indeed, it is very, um, it has become more and more clear to me, particularly over the last five or six years, particularly working with Mark, that if you're not engaging with an absolute expert in the field of social security, you are likely making errors. So on my TV show, indeed, I, I talked about exactly that, but not in a survival. It was not a spouse who had passed away. It was someone who has decided they're going to take their spousal benefits, which is one half of their spouse's um, NRA, normal retirement account benefit, um, normal retirement age benefit. Uh, so delaying until 70 does not increase spousal income for a living spouse, but it does for a surviving spouse. And it can be a tremendously significant difference um, in, in very rough numbers. If your normal retirement age benefit is roughly $3,000 a month, if you go very early, that's going to drop down to about 2100 that's not great. And if you delay it until 70 to get max benefits, it's going to approach 4,000 bucks a month. And particularly if you are, um, uh, what, um, fortunate enough, um, Andrew's older than you are, isn't he? Zach. Zach is older than you are. Uh, one year. One year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just as Zach did married a much younger woman, <laughs> uh, at his passing, his much younger wife, is going to have the benefit of a much higher survivor's benefit for as long as she lives. And uh, you've got longevity in your family. Mm -hmm. Your mom looks, she could be your sister. Yeah, people I, say that all the oh time. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I saw her at the game last night. Now your dad's your dad. Uh, no offense. <laughs> Just, he and, you know, we're guys. <laughs> That's what we look like. But your mom, goodness, she looks young. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. So if you are strategically looking to maximize not just your benefit, but your family benefit can be fantastic. And having an asset like Mark Basak. Now, we, we mentioned earlier to Bob, who has a real conundrum with his trust agreement, that we have, um, in our case, Keith Stroll, fantastic young man, very experienced on the estate planning side, very detailed, very thorough. And a really good guy. I really enjoy working with him. I, I think we all have. We've, yes. he has, he's made lots of friends in our office and made lots of friends with our clients because of his skills. We can connect him to um, Bob and, and get that information. Uh, rather than trying to uh, portray ourselves as all-knowing, all-seeing, that's Johnny Carson, wasn't it? Karnak, all-knowing, all-seeing. We're not Karnaks. Uh, but we've uh, assembled a really powerful team, Mark Basak included. So if you're sitting there going, hmm, retirement's coming up, 
not really sure I'm clear that I'm got an idea of how to maximize our social security benefits. Um, that's why we created our free second opinion meetings. All you got to do is ask. It doesn't cost you a thing. You come to the office, you meet with Mark and um, talk about social security or Medicare, meet with uh, Keith, talk about your estate planning, et cetera. Uh, talk to uh, Tiffany Shutta about reverse mortgages or uh, uh, Mike Pompey about life insurance or long-term care. We've got so much that we can offer. We're, we're very, very happy to do that. Kind of going back to the, it really does depend on how many people you can figure out how to serve. Mm-hmm. And we've, uh, we've worked really hard to put as many opportunities to serve you in place as possible. Speaking of opportunities to serve, you got anything over there you want to ask? Yeah, we'll use this one so that we have enough time to answer it before the break. Okay. It says, Gene, we have three children who have three wonderful spouses. Only one couple has children. Our primary beneficiaries in our financial accounts are each other, and the secondary or contingent beneficiaries are our kids. While we have the option of checking in stirpies for the couple with children, we would prefer to have all three spouses get their share should one of our children predecease us. Because the beneficiary designation is clean and avoids probate, how do we make this happen? P.S. Love your show. <laughs> I like the bank. Let's start with the P.S. <laughs> or actually, if Gunther were here, the B.S. Anyway, um, okay. Yeah, per stirpes is an interesting word that sounds very, very rude. But it isn't. It isn't. It's a legal term, and and it it indicates that if, for example, three children, um, mom and dad pass away, each of the three children are going to inherit equally. If one of those children is uh, has predeceased, their children will receive those funds equally. Mm -hmm. In this case, that's not what these folks want. They want their uh, children to receive the funds and if they predecease their spouses to receive the funds. So, um, in my opinion, um, fairly easily accomplished subject to uh, Keith Stroll's approval because <laughs> we're not attorneys when we don't claim to be attorneys. Um, I, I have made references in the past about that and, and then got myself into pickles with lots of attorneys with my follow-up comments. So I'll just let that go. Um, we're not attorneys. We don't practice law. That's why we have our partnership with Keith and other attorneys. But bottom line is, uh, there's a couple ways that this can go. You can simply name your kids as the contingent beneficiaries as you currently have. If in the event that one of your children has predeceased you, typically what happens is that the um, assets flow to um, the, the uh, next of kin of that deceased person, the next of kin being their spouse. Oh. So it may very well be just that simple. If you want to tie it up a little more tightly, you can name um, your spe- each other, of course, as beneficiaries, your children as contingent beneficiaries, and then name their spouses as contingent for each child. Mm. So you're, you're actually going three levels deep. It's absolutely possible to do. Um, can you do that through your will? Sure. Should you? 
probably not. Any time that you can establish, um, any time that you can accomplish your intended goals uh, without needing to go through a will or or through probate, uh, you're likely serving your family at a, at a bit better level. And having uh, transfer on death designations on accounts, beneficiary um, uh, designations on 401ks and IRAs and annuities and life insurance contracts is often the best way to accomplish exactly that. Great. Make sense? Yes. Sir, how much time do we have? Ah, that's a fairly clear indicator. By the way, that's not Donna's song. No, do you, I don't know if you, you recognize this song? <laughs> I don't care if we mix them. Okay. Mix them is good. Uh, in the next half hour segment, uh, our very own Alyssa Young will be interviewing Major Ed. Major Ed Polito. Very, very good guy. Somebody that uh, will introduce you if you've not yet been introduced to Folds. And if you have, we'll share more information about the excitement that we have coming up next week as we start Tuesday morning with our Folds of Honor Radiothon leading right up to 9-11. It was a horrific event, but we need to make something positive happen from that. We're going to work very, very hard. We need your help. So uh, stick with us uh, for the next half hour. And, of course, then we'll have a 930 segment open for your questions at 610-720-7900. We're back after this on More Than Money. Welcome back to the home of explanations. You've got more than money. You've got Gene Dickinson, your host, your personal financial advisor. You've got Alyssa Young, your co-host, and quite often host. <laughs> so fantastic. Welcome. And uh, John, is that fantastic? So uh, as you've been hearing uh, this morning, we're very, very excited as we embark on our uh, Radiothon for Folds of Honor. A wonderful organization, an exciting organization, a dynamic organization that's uh, making uh, real changes in the lives of so many families of our military heroes who have been lost or disabled in the line of duty. And uh, we are um, beyond honored to have the opportunity to assist them, to be part of their service to... Um, what may very well be the last bastion of real heroism in America today, our military. Um, so um, since um, Alyssa is all prepared, <laughs> I'm going to let her take over and introduce our guest and do our interview. Okay. Good morning, uh, Major Polito. Welcome to More Than Money. Well, what a great day to be an American, and thank you for having me coming in hot from Fort Worth, Texas today, and I got to tell you, I'm just honored and grateful that I get an opportunity to tell not only my story, but the story of those that have fought for our freedom. Well, we appreciate your time, and I like that coming in hot. I like that. <laughs> so as we've told our listeners, you are an ambassador for Folds of Honor, so we thank you for working with such a fantastic organization that benefits so many people. 
um, I'll just give a little bit of background about about you. Um, Major Polito was in the military for 19 years before he retired. And then in August of 2004 in Iraq, a roadside bomb hit him and required his left leg to be amputated above the knee about two months later. So, Major Polito, that changed your life forever, of course. How has it made your life better? Well, I got to tell you, that's just a, um, a remarkable time for me to go through some of the most challenging times of my life. And I will say, I just had an alive day on August 17th of 2004. Um, and one of the things that I tell people is that, you know what, I celebrated that time and with all of the current events going on um, just around the world and specifically in Afghanistan, um, you know, it was one of those things was kind of emotional. And I will tell you that none of this stuff ever goes away. You're always instilled in what happened. But one of the things that I've learned is that the support of the American people has carried me through. And I'm just grateful and honored that that is something that we understand. We leave no one behind on the field of battle and on the home front. And that is what the Folds of Honor Foundation is all about. My good friend Beth and her entire team in your area there are making a difference. And I wouldn't be here today to be able to tell my story of the challenges, the triumphs, and the changes in my life without people supporting me. And that was one of the differences between the Vietnam War and the current conflicts that we've had, um, is that we understand those principles, and that's what it's all about in America. And you know what? At the end of the day, I always tell people, I would have sacrificed my life for the greatest nation in the world, the United States of America. And in my case, I sacrificed a limb. But the real heroes are the ones that don't come back. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is who I honor. And, and I say to all people here in America that we must always remember them and their families. Yes. Speaking of families, uh, you live in Oklahoma uh, with your wife, Karen, and your daughters, Caitlin and Kinsley. How old are the girls now? Well, it's funny. Yeah, I do. And my uh, oldest is 20. She goes to the University of Oklahoma on on a Folds of Honor scholarship. And then I have a little one who goes to private school. And because of the uh, the support of Folds of Honor as well, um, she gets to uh, follow and and be fueled with her educational dreams, and so those girls are my life. They're what I'm all about, and I just want a quality education for them. And I think that to me was something that was really impactful these past uh, couple of weeks, watching everything in Afghanistan and seeing those young girls. Um, that um, you know, my hope is that they'll be able to get that support and and the education that they need. And here in America, sometimes we take granted. All of those, all of those supportive systems that we have, and I just say to the American people, I always understand how important freedom is and the sacrifices. And as Ronald Reagan said, you know what? We must fight for those freedoms. And you know what? We'll spend our sunset years telling our children what it was once like in the United States when men were free. And to me, those are the you know, words that inspire me, motivate me, and also tell me that Folds of Honor is truly a remarkable organization because they are honoring the sacrifice and educating the legacy. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so your girls did receive Folds of Honor scholarships. And what do you tell them about the value of their education? What is from a, you know, a father to, their, to his daughters who's had the experiences that you've had? What are the, the words you instill in them to make sure that you know, they appreciate that and are taking it seriously? Well, the first thing I would say that the serious comment that I would make about it is that those scholarships are a thank you from the American people and that don't take that 
educational dollar for granted. Mm. And for them to be able to go to the, to my specifically my oldest at the University of Oklahoma and Kinsley at Crossings Christian School, um, we understand the value of education. And as expensive as it is, a lot of our, uh, a lot of the children that are part of the Folds of Honor family are, are you know, specifically in the college ranks. They are individuals that have never been to school before. They're the first time timers for their family. And to me, you know, when you have 41% minorities that are uh, are going to school and and that they are the ones that are going to college for the first time in their lives um, uh, and representing their their family unit, that to me is the humbling thing about what we do within the organization. And what we should be doing in America is teaching education, the power of all of that, and making sure that it, it doesn't matter if you go to college or get a trade, but get educated. Because the most important thing is that in this nation, we afford every citizen that opportunity and kind of like that basic right. And the thing about it is that there's a lot of people that sometimes don't take advantage of that. And we live in the greatest nation in the world because of the empowerment of education. And that to me, is why I'm I'm on this call today. That's why I woke up early, and and that's why I'm coming in hot from Fort Worth, uh, Texas. You know, because I tell you what, I just feel honored and grateful that people like you all are supporting me. And so, congratulations on your show and everything you're doing. And man, we live in the greatest nation in the world, United States of America. Major Ed, there's no question about that. And there's lots of patriots listening today that are very excited to help us out, and they, they did last year. They're going to continue to do that this year. I, I want to pose a question to you that came to me from uh, one of our most loyal listeners and, and a gentleman I have tremendous respect for. He's a strong Christian, strong patriot, but his concern about uh, education is are we sending our young people off to these institutions that have, in many cases, become propaganda arms of uh, the the almost anti-American uh, thought process that's prevalent in so many liberal areas of our country. How do you respond to somebody who's maybe a little concerned about supporting Folds uh, directly because, uh, hey, are we really sending our kids off to be uh, indoctrinated into a system that we don't believe in? Well, that's a powerful, um, you know, comment there. And I'm going to tell you, as a conservative of this nation, I represent my nation uh, from the godly principles, which it started, to the love that we have for our country and the importance of making sure that all of those principles abide by the fact that we can't be prosperous in America um, if we don't have those principles, because that's how we take care of our families. And to me, I totally agree with you. I think in, in these institutions, um, what we've done is we've looked at, at at the negativity behind this nation. And that's a little bit of an issue that I've had with the military. It's not a political issue. It's an issue that in the military, we're told that, you know what, you're supposed to do these things and abide by these rules. And and then we we institute what's going on in, in mainstream America into what we're doing within the military. And I see that with the, with the institutions of higher learning as well, is that you know what, we're supposed to all be there to be neutral, to understand that we're there to learn and to find our way and to understand that, you know what, at the end of the day, we have to learn what historical values and what historical principles have made us who we are as a nation and and how important that as a people that we are there for justice for all, for empowerment of all. 
for understanding that, you know what, at the end of the day, there's no Democrat and Republican. We are Americans, and that's what we should be thinking about first. And within these institutions, that's exactly what should be happening. Instead of downgrading this great nation, it's been so good to so many people and the patriotic nature of life and liberty um, and, ju- and again, justice for all. And to me, that is the principles of, of what should be taught in, in these institutions. And and to me, the Folds of Honor Scholarship, a lot of the people that go and, and, and attend school are there to learn. Um, and uh, we get a lot of them that are in the Midwest area of the, of the country, um, places like you all where, you know, you have a institution there within the community at large. And at, at the end of the day, we just got to understand that, you know, what are we all on the same team? Because of what you saw this past week in Afghanistan just troubled me. And I'm going to end with this to all the Patriots out there, the disgrace, the disrespect that they showed the American troops in the coffins and in the acts of terror. Um, those are things that are engraved. Those, those things hurt. And it was the first time where my dad told me, you know what? Now you know what we went through with the Vietnam War. And again, it's not about politics. It's about the institution of us understanding that we all are Americans and and that at the end of the day, we are the protectors of the world. And that's the way that we should be judged. Uh, you, you brought up what happened in Afghanistan. And obviously, um, you know, the news of American service members killed in the bombings last week was devastating. After your injury... You went through a dark time, so certainly you can relate to how their comrades and their families are struggling. You've described the impact on your mental health as the silent wounds of war, and you've talked about this deep wounding of a soldier's spirit. So what words of hope and healing or consolation would you share with the people affected by that tragedy? Well, that's another great question. I will tell you that after seeing these events, I have to kind of put it into perspective um, one of the things that I learned in the military is that you have to follow doctrine. You have to follow rules of engagement. You have to follow a lot of things. And I'm not I'm not going to criticize, um, and, and I have on the radio lately, but um, I don't know what schools some of these people went to that uh, were part of this operation, but it was a backwards operation. And the thing about it is that um, those are the things, th- those kind of things um, cost people's lives. And those 13 individuals and their families. Um, you know, as I've told someone last night um, at an event that I was at, when I was asked that question, I said, you know, that hurts. Um, it hurts because, you know, sometimes we have to be competent in understanding what we're all about as leaders of this nation. We have to take into account the compassion and the empathy um, and the understanding of service and sacrifice. I'm at the folds of honor. That's what we're all about, honoring that sacrifice, educating the legacy. We have to understand that, you know what, words matter. And when we say things, that the conviction of our decisions, that we understand how important they are and that they do cost lives. They do cost issues with, you know, as I told someone last night, you know, loss of equipment, loss of resources, loss of just the fact that we um, as a nation are winners and I don't know. I, I will tell you that there's going to be plenty of criticism and after-action review of what went down. Glad that 122,000 people were evacuated. But just to tell you that these families weren't impacted by the look, all of those that sacrificed their, their blood on the, on the, and their sweat and tears in, on the battlefield in Afghanistan, 
and those that left um, a lot of their of their of themselves there, um, it it hurts. And I will tell you, America's better than that. And to all our leaders out there, and those running our military operations today, I tell them this: you know what? Better get it together. We're the greatest nation in the world, United States of America. Our military is number one in the world. And if you think for one minute that those people really are our friends, they're not. And at the end of the day, it's not about right or left. It's about doing the right thing for the world and for the fact that on September 11th, when we're coming up on that anniversary, that those people that died on that day, that we never, ever, ever not honor and remember them for the sacrifice that they gave and the importance of making sure that terrorism and the other things around the world are exterminated because evil does not rule um, in this world and should never rule. And I will always say that that way. And it's not about, again, leaders on the right or left. It's about making sure that you're accountable and making sure that you understand that the United States of America is the greatest nation in the world because we are the protectors of freedom. Amen. So you, you are the founder of the John Daly Major Ed Heart of a Lion Foundation that provides mental, physical, and wellness support to children, first responders, and veterans in the United States. I know you're also a founding member member of Warriors for Freedom Foundation that supports wounded veterans and their families. Tell us about the name Heart of a Lion. What inspired that? Well, that's a great question, too, because the inspiration behind that was John Daly, the professional golfer. One of the things that I've learned and, and the reason that I kind of took on this mission, um, the suicide rate is over the roof. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of issues related to mental health, um, physical health. And then there's a word that I use, um, two words, really, resiliency and wellness. And so I joined John Daly about uh, a year ago uh, here in August. And the, the premise behind it was that when we were sitting in his kitchen, he said, hey, we ought to do something for our vets and first responders. And America's children. And what we talked about was, you know what he said, Ed, you're the purple heart and I'm the lion. Mm. And of course, that's how the heart of a lion started with the heart of America around the logo. Inside is the purple heart and inside is John Daly's lion. And we said we were going to use philanthropy as a vehicle to raise money, not only for organizations like Folds of Honor, but also Warriors for Freedom and other organizations that were impacted by COVID-19 through our channels of influence. And that's what we were able to do. And we're on pace to raise a million dollars. Our mission is to provide mental, physical, and wellness support to our nation's children, um, our first responders and America's veterans and their families. And to me, uh, when you tell a first responder, thank you for their service and their sacrifice. And I want to tell you, with September 11th coming, there's a lot of these first responders that, that that were around at that time that have seen some of that death and destruction. And I will tell you that you never lose the PTSD and the and the issues related to mental health. And so for us, we just want to be there to provide that support and healing and opportunity. And then with Warriors for Freedom, it's an organization in Oklahoma. Uh, we're working on a lot of health care issues, um, do, doing a what we call a mandate for the state of Oklahoma to make sure that um, we can provide health care in a more efficient and more impactful way in rural areas mm. through telemedicine and through other channels. And I will tell you, that's one of the number one issues, healthcare. And if we can make a difference and change the way we deliver services, and now we're not just using the VA, um, that's when we all win. And that's, I'm going to be honest with you. That's the problem in America right now is that the VA is too big. And what we ought to do is instead of just 
putting more money into that system, we ought to create public-private partnerships that empower the whole nation to say, what is my vested interest in taking care of our nation's heroes and their families and doing it in a more efficient way in rural areas and making sure that we impact. And it's all good for economic development for everyone involved. So that to me is what I fight for. And Folds of Honor is just part of what that footprint for me. That's very interesting. What a great cause. Uh, kudos to you for working on that. That's that's awesome. Um, and, and turning it back to uh, to Folds of Honor and the you know educational work you're doing, I just wanted to tell our listeners about you know your background, how your your mother is from Puerto Rico and your father is from Colombia, right? And they met in Puerto Rico, and then yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Go ahead. You said your dad joined the army, and I, I read somewhere that the way you described it was he made the United States his country. You already touched on the fact that he served in the Vietnam War, and your dad taught you that the, the education is the driving force to success. And I was just wondering if you could tell us how your parents demonstrated and enforced that to you when you when you were a child. Well, and that's an, an, an outstanding comment because my parents were just, they were, my, my father's an immigrant of this nation and joined the military, didn't speak English very well but extremely well-decorated Purple Heart recipient as well. And, um, of course, there's three of us that have them in our in our family. We don't ever really talk about that. Wow. But as, as a Hispanic family of this nation, we took every opportunity to heart. And maybe that's why I'm so passionate about Folds of Honor and the work that Beth and her team are doing, even in your local footprint, to empower um, young people um, in Pennsylvania and, and in, the, in that region of the world that, that they should go look and see about getting an education and about utilizing these scholarships if they're military families and, and being first-timers and, and representing their family and goodwill. Um, and that's what my parents did. They taught me those values. They, they ended up loving this nation um, because it gave them every opportunity. And I will tell you that there's an immigrant issue in this country, and as you've seen it on the border right now, we've got you know, some major issues we've got to deal with. But I'm just lucky, and I tell people, you know, I, I didn't go through anything like that. We came to this country legally. There was ways and channels that we did it through. And then, of course, what we did is we didn't just come and take from this nation. We contributed to it. And that's what education does. That's what it's all about. That's what Folds of Honor is all about. We're not just here to give you a handout. We're here to give you a hand up. And you have to take advantage of that opportunity Otherwise, you know what? You're not going to get it. And as a young person out there that's dreaming big and maybe listening or parents that are listening, empower your children to understand that education is the beacon of light. It doesn't have to be college. It could be a trade school because there are electricians and plumbers that are needed, vocational school, and just finishing your K-12 through education. And that was what my parents instilled in us is like there's a step process and a phase is what they would say first phase is for you to get through high school and then college and then possibly a master's degree and make us proud. And that to me is what's prideful about, about our nation and its principles of, you know what, that we will never leave anyone behind. And that goes for people that are here to be educated as well. We can't leave our people behind and we got to understand that we've got to make sure that we carry the pail for them and education is the key to success. Absolutely. I'm going to put you on the spot last couple of minutes here and ask 
is okay. is there a story you can share about a Folds of Honor scholarship recipient that sticks out in your memory that really embodies the impact this organization can have on a family? Is there a, an example you saw of the scholarship making a big difference for someone um, that you can tell us a little bit about and maybe inspire people to help? Well, I have two stories. Um, there's a, a lady, and I could say her name. Her name is Kelly Campbell. And then there's a lady by the name of Ginger Gilbert Ravella. Uh, Beth and I, um, I believe, know both of them. They're just very empowering women. Um, and I bring that up because mostly um, we have women that are the ones that uh, ended up having to be the caretakers of their children when the breadwinner was gone. And what impacts me about both of those women is their story. Like you said, um, there's big stories and there's little stories from all of them. But there's what I call big stories. And specifically with Kelly Campbell, losing her husband um, in Hawaii, uh, Marine, a helicopter um, uh, incident, um, of course, in a training mission and the loss of life. And as she describes that story, she describes how it, impactful it was when she got the knock on the door and how now, um, you know, that one of the things that was inspiring for her husband was that he talked about the ultimate gift of education. And that, to me, is one that highlights what it's all about. And then Ginger Gilbert Ravella, to go to the funeral 10 years, I think it was 10 years later after uh, Troy Gilbert, uh, Major Troy Gilbert, was, had perished. And he was fighting on the ground for people like me to keep, to be safe and and to be taken care of, and he loses his life on a pass and, and is it, is it, and on his F-16, and and he goes too low, and, and he dies, and, and on that day, you know, he left five children behind, and the thing that inspires me about that family is that she's going to be there for our golf event that we've got coming up, and the thing that is, is powerful is that she tells the story and, and how she had to get herself up, and how it was post-traumatic stress for her. And we don't ever think about that. We just think that they get the knock on the door. And so for me, these, these last, this last you know, two weeks have been very impactful. I can't imagine what that knock on the door mm. is all about. Mm. And I just can't imagine why, uh, the reasons that Folds of Honor um, need, well, the reasons that Folds of Honor should be there right. and, and not, not be there. Because the thing about it is if it wasn't, it wasn't there back when gingers first went through this excursion and now it is and so that's what it's all about those are the stories that's the yes. impact and that's what the honor of the sacrifice and educate the legacy is all about thank you so much for taking out uh, some time out of your morning to share your experience and help educate our listeners and our community about folds of honor and um, what people like you've experienced i also want people to know you wrote an autobiography called warrior for freedom challenge triumph and change so if you want to learn more about major ed's journey that's a great resource uh, we really appreciate your service and your time and everything you're doing for folds of honor so thank you very much sir and god bless the united states of america hoorah hoorah god bless thank you Thanks very much to Major Ed. Incredible. If you are moved by his words, please go to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com. Hit the banner at the top of the page. You can make that contribution today. You can help us all during next week through the Bobby Gunter Wall Show and right on through 9-11. 
We'll talk more after our break. But if you want to join us for the last half hour of our show, 610-720-7900. We'll take your calls after this on More Than Money. Welcome back to More Than Money. You've got Gene Dickinson, your host. You've got Alyssa Young, your co-host, taking your calls at 610-720-7900, taking your emails at gene at askmtm.com, Alyssa at askmtm.com. And if you are further afield or would just simply like the privacy of listening through the Internet, you can do that as well, morethanmoneyonline.com. Hit the Listen Live button you're fully engaged. We want to thank Major Ed Polito one more time. I, uh, I also want to compliment Alyssa. I think she did a fabulous job with that interview. Thank you, sir. Uh, very, very insightful. I've talked to Major Ed a couple of times, and uh, you brought out uh, a number of, of uh, important uh, responses from him that I think uh, allowed our listeners to see some insight into a gentleman who has shown tremendous courage Gosh, uh, if I get up in the middle of the night and stub my toe, I whine for three days. And this is a gentleman that lost his leg. And now you can't hear that voice. You can't hear that pride in America. You can't hear that commitment to his values, uh, sending his children to Christian schools. And um, I thought his response to my question, and and it was one from a gentleman that, that I have tremendous respect for. He's a wonderful person. A thoughtful person and his concerns, I think, are very real. Are we sending these kids off to be indoctrinated? And uh, my response to him, very similar to Major Ed's, was, no, we're sending our kids off to indoctrinate the other ones. If you are a military history person, you know about George Patton, and you know that in the movie they quoted his um, rather... Uh, colorful line, colorful being a polite term for um, his, when questioned about, isn't it the role of a soldier to die for his country? He said, no, it's the role of the soldier to make that other guy die for his country. It's not the role of a young person being sent off to college to be indoctrinated. It's to indoctrinate those poor young minds who don't understand, have not had the same opportunities to be inspired by a gentleman like Major Ed. We hope you'll join us throughout next week as we lead up to 9-11, a week from today. Uh, We have live events from Tuesday right on through, so pick your opportunity to join Bobby Gunther Walsh. Pick your opportunity to support Folds of Honor um, Tuesday at um, Lehigh Valley Honda, Wednesday at the Hotel Bethlehem, Thursday at the Ritz Barbecue in Allentown, Friday at our very own More Than Money World Headquarters in the Holy Lands between Bethlehem and Nazareth. I'll be there at about 4.30 in the morning, so 
I won't. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to stop by um, um, bright and dark, bright and dark, <clears throat> bright and early in O Dark Thirty, and make your contribution, we're absolutely welcome. And you, I'll be there uh, as we set up for Bobby to uh, to go on air at five a.m. We'll be there taking pledges by phone and in person, accepting donations, of course, uh, for Folds of Honor. We're very, uh, very honored to be able to help out. And next Saturday, uh, Alyssa and I will be uh, up the line, um, uh, up MacArthur Road, in um, going towards Laurie Station at Rally Hunter. If you haven't been there, it's an incredibly impressive facility. Uh, Gerard and his entire team have um, geared up to uh, assist us again this year. And indeed, we'll be uh, we'll be really really excited to uh, wrap up our radiothon right there. Um, we'll be on eight to ten. Uh, Gunther will be broadcasting until three, and of course, we'll be taking pledges during that entire time. So, um, anything you can do to help is fantastic. If you, by the way, would like to sponsor one of the hours of our radiothon, we already have so many people have stepped up. Wow! God bless you all. Uh, sponsorships for an hour started $500. So if you are a company that would like to support uh, our military uh, families uh, and uh, help educate uh, real American students uh, then uh, and, and uh, get a, a mention on air, then uh, reach out to, to any of us, Gene at AskMTM.com, Alyssa at AskMTM.com. That will work really, really well. Uh, we have... Uh, 19 minutes left in this edition of More Than Money. Let's um, take as many of your calls as we can. 610-720-7900. We go to the phones. We talk to Elizabeth. Elizabeth, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a question about the uh, IRAs. I know you have that 10-year limit to uh, withdraw all the money from an inherited IRA. Sure. Now, my understanding was that if you inherited an IRA before a certain date, that that 10-year uh, mandate did not apply. That is correct. What is that date? Uh, January 1st of last year, 2020. Okay, so I inherited mine in 2007, so I, I don't have to worry about that withdrawing within 10 years. Is that that is exactly right. You are 100% correct. Okay, good. I thought maybe I was <laughs> hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is confusing, but you're correct. Okay, you, very good. Thank you. Oh, thank you. God bless you. 610-720-7900. We have a young lady asking a question about Social Security. She says, uh, my husband and I both started drawing Social Security at age 62. I am now 73. He is 78. Can I now request a spousal benefit of a percent of what would have been his full benefit had he waited to draw his benefit at full retirement? I have to read that again. <laughs> yeah. uh, in essence, what she's saying is that they both retired at taking early Social mm. Security at 62. They're now past age 70. Can she step up to what he would have gotten if he had waited? And the answer is actually fairly simple. The answer is no. No. Uh, even if uh, you were accepting a spousal at, at full retirement age for your husband, if you had retired at 62, you would have received a reduced spousal. 
62 for many people is a knee-jerk reaction. Of course, this was, what, 16 years ago for him. And so um, water under the bridge, as they say. But so many folks are going, I'll take it as soon as they'll give me a check. Hmm. Uh, our good friend Mark Basak says, uh, I, th- I think very insightfully, you should uh, elect to take your Social Security benefit when you need it. When you need it. He has a lot of great strategies, um, and that's why we recommend meeting with him, because a similar scenario, I guess, um, that I heard him explain to someone was husband died 10 years ago. Neither one of them had taken Social Security yet. So this strategy he recommended for this couple was take your benefit when you are 62, and then when you reach full retirement age, switch to his and you'll get his full retirement age benefit at that time, which will be higher than yours. So it's it all depends on the age, if you took it or not, if you waited or not. It, there's so many factors, and Mark can help you figure out which which situation um, will maximize your benefit based on all those different circumstances. It's really interesting that there are strategies about how to take your Social Security. I, I seem to have heard a key phrase in there. It depends. It depends. And it really is a custom question. There are no, every time I read a article or a response or something post online, it says people should all, since I hear the word always, I know that the answer is wrong. It simply doesn't exist. Yeah. But they should always listen to us. (laughs) 610-720-7900. from a very loyal listener and part of the Folds of Honor um, committee. Um, our, our friend Gary says, a great interview. Thanks, uh, Gary. So, so that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, he notes Lehigh Valley Hospital is one of three hospitals in the United States that works to provide all the services of a VA hospital. Hmm. Very few vets know this. It's a pilot program that started a year or two ago with great success but very little public knowledge. So now a little bit more. I didn't know that. I, I, I think that's something that we should probably get some more detail from Gary uh, about so that we can maybe put that in a newsletter, maybe get that out on a uh, email blast so that all of our um, more than money uh, family knows about that. There's lots of vets in our, um, in our family and lots of folks who, Maybe you're not even aware. So, Gary, thank you very much. That helps a great deal. 610-720-7900, gene at askmtm.com, morethanmoneyonline.com, alyssa at askmtm.com. Go right ahead. All right. We have an email that says, I lost my husband in July. We're sorry for your loss. Uh, He was just 63. I am 56. We have our house together some money in the bank, almost 30000 and his 401k, 810000 I have a small IRA, about 65000 from when I worked years ago. I did get 75000 in life insurance. I'm trying to figure out the best way to pay my bills from all this. My husband really enjoyed listening to you and said I could always ask you if he wasn't here. I would very much appreciate your advice. That's nice. Well, first of all, God bless you. 
And God bless your entire family. It's um, difficult, very challenging. Um, okay, there's a couple things that I'm going to ask you to do. Um, number one, um, be gentle to yourself. Um, this is very, very recent. And too often uh, when someone has gone through the shock of the loss of a loved one, they, they want to just get it done, get it behind them. And in many cases, that ends up um, resulting in mistakes. So uh, be gentle, take your time, take a deep breath, say your prayers uh, on a daily basis, more often, um, multiple times a day seems to be my pattern these days. I think the world requires that we pray way more often than once a day. So make sure that you're asking for the help of um, the source of all help and make sure you're asking for help from your friends. And um, I'm beyond moved that your husband was both a a listener and that he would trust that I would give you good information. Um, start asking questions of people you trust just as you have here. Uh, start collecting information. Don't start making decisions. Start collecting information. Um, one of the things that uh, I would encourage you to, to do is to spend the necessary time to get a good handle on, on what do you need? What do you need to spend on a monthly basis? What, what is your budget? What, what allows you to continue to live uh, as your husband wished you to live? Um, I, I think that's a very, very important starting point. I, I think it'll also give you uh, the opportunity, um, uh, hopefully, to, 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 to gain some peace, to gain some a confidence in a, in under di very difficult circumstances indeed. But, but if in the back of your mind, you're worried, Hey, I'm young. How, how am I to pay my bills for the rest of my life? If you find out that based on, on your actual needs that your husband has provided uh, sufficiently for you, what a wonderful thing to find out. And sadly, if of course the challenge is, is, um, more, um, significant than your current resources. We should know that too. We need to face reality. Um, w one thing that may surprise you, um, spouses are often, often, often told, uh, as almost immediately that they should roll their, uh, spouses, deceased spouse IRAs into their own spouses are allowed to do that. There's no question about it. Uh, spouse can, uh, accept, uh, that, um, that amount in this case, $810,000. Yes. You could put that into your IRA of, of, of 65 and, and have one IRA. I would strongly urge you not to do that. You are uh, 56, which means you're too young to take money out of an IRA without penalty, but an inherited IRA doesn't, uh, incur penalties. So if you do indeed need the cash flow from uh, your husband's uh, 401k in order to pay your bills, uh, keeping it as an inherited IRA 
will allow you to draw that cash flow. You will, yes, it'll still be taxable. No question about that. But you won't pay the 10% penalty for the early withdrawal. So that's, I'm, I'm not recommending that you do much. I, I guess in, in a very real sense, I'm recommending that you don't do some things. Uh, don't move quickly. Don't make snap decisions. Don't feel pressured. And, and by the way, if at any point you do feel pressured, you just show up at our office and we'll make sure whoever's pressuring you regrets it. Because um, we owe that. We owe that. And we're, we're for your husband's uh, listenership and, um, and his confidence in us, uh, anything that, um, that you need, we'll make sure. We'll make sure. So deep breath. God bless. God bless. Oof. Uh, you had a couple prepared for last week. Did you want to? Did you want to dig into one or uh, what, what's your call? We can. Yeah, go right ahead. I just want to say, you know, with that answer there, Please. you um, definitely disproved this theory that you're not the smart one here. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so good job. Well, for the moment, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, we can talk about this one. It says. My fiancé started his first real job in May. He was given a really good starting salary and really, really good benefits. That's awesome. One of his benefits is a 401k plan. It gives him the choice of the standard and a Roth. Which one should he pick? And a second question. Where can young couples like us go other than our parents, none of whom have made good financial choices? Wow. To get answers to our financial questions. We talked to two advisors and they both had investment account minimums way higher than can even imagine. So I think we can start with part two of that because that's an easier question to answer. And then we okay. can go back to the 401k plan. Decision. Sure. We would welcome you to come to MTM. Um, we would love to help you answer your financial questions. Uh, we aren't going to turn you away because of investment account minimums. Um, so, you know, I, I personally, and there's a couple other advisors on our team who actually really like helping young people starting out. Um, it's, you know, rewarding for us. So It ain't free. No. We don't give it away. No. No, but... We also don't turn you away. We don't give it away, but we don't turn you away. We make it remarkably affordable. Uh, okay. Uh, as as a financial advisor longstanding, it is one of my most frustrating um, experiences to know how very many of my colleagues look at young people as an, an annoyance versus an opportunity to build for the future. Um, we've seen minimum account balances. Ken Fisher's so proud. If you don't have half a million bucks, he won't even talk to you. Well, good for you, Kenny. <laughs> Doof. Um, half a million dollars, quarter million dollars, million dollars. There are advisors in California that have a minimum of $5 million, $10 million. Good for you. And that's a business decision they have made that will line their pockets versus what we talked about earlier in the show, which is serving others, serving others. <laughs> yeah. How many people can you serve? Now there's a lot of business owners out there that are listening right now saying, Gene, Oh, geez, what a Pollyanna. Come on. You know, 
suck it up, buttercup, grow up. This is where the money is. If you're, if you, if you're losing money serving someone, you can't stay in business. And I would say to you, <clears throat> you might want to check my net worth. Because I'm going to guarantee it's going to impress you. And we've done that not based on how much money can we make every single time we talk to somebody. We based that on how much help can we be. And whether you call it good karma or good policy or good value system or just the fact that we like going to the office in the morning and having a smile on our face and serving people instead of the opposite right having trying to make them serve us there's enough public servants in washington dc who have it asked backwards we're not going to be part of that <laughs> so yep yeah, exactly um you, the, the second the first one was quite easy yes so, okay so okay. the first part of the question was about um taking a, using a 401k or the Roth version of that. Sure. So um, I guess I kind of wanted to kick around explaining the differences between them because um, there's different advantages, um, you know, to Pros and both. Cons. Yeah. So sure. we'll say um, with a standard 401k, um, his contributions from his paycheck would reduce his taxable income. So That's you good. pay less income taxes. Sure. But then in the future, when you take that money out, mm. it's taxed. Oh. Um, also, your husband would be required to take out a minimum amount each year called a required minimum distribution after he's 72 and a half right. from a standard 401k. Sure. Um, yeah. On the Roth side, there are no tax benefits now, right, to money that you put into a Roth. Um, Is it in a 401k? Do you still have a tax deduction? No. Okay. Uh, the Roth, you don't get a deduction, but the tax benefit does start immediately in that you are tax sheltered, your profits mm -hmm. are not taxed. Mm -hmm. sure. Which is also true of the 401k. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so the money's growing tax free. You pay no tax on it when it comes out um, after age 59 mm, and a half. Pretty, pretty cool. Also, no required minimum distributions. Mm. So you can keep that money in there until you really need it. You're not required to take out a certain amount. Do we know how now, old these uh, folks are? No, just that they're young. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay. Uh, fantastic. So young is, is a huge advantage uh, because the differential is, uh, I don't get the tax deduction today on a relatively small amount of money mm -hmm. versus I get to take out relatively large amounts of money many, many years from now. Yes. Tax free. Yes. And the many, many years is the huge advantage. Somebody who asked me at age 60 which one to pick, unless you're going to work another 20 years, I'm not really clear that the Roth is going to help it for young people. Yeah, so you, you really, it's that time, it's growing tax-free is a big advantage. Um, want to point out that employer contributions would be into a regular 401k. Right? Yeah, that's that's one of those little, good for you, that's, that's one of those little, eh, uh, even if you are selecting the Roth, uh, all employer contributions go into the standard. So if, if you're putting in 10 grand and they're matching it with five, 
you're going to actually have a Roth and a standard 401k. Right. There's one other thing that's cool about this opportunity. Mm. If you were to open a Roth IRA of your own outside of an employer 401k, you can only contribute $6,000 a year. Yep. Um, and there's a income tax caps, excuse me, income caps, like maximum <laughs> income levels where you can even contribute to Easy the Roth. for you to say. Right. So this is a great opportunity because in the 401k environment, you can contribute a lot more and benefit from that tax-deferred growth? That's a great question. Yeah. Great yeah. question. We welcome. Welcome. And for all of you listening who are parents, grandparents, and you're saying, my kids are making bad choices, or my kids are not making any choices, <laughs> or I don't know what my kids are doing, send them to us. We're happy to meet with them, as we do with all of our prospective clients, for an initial meeting. There's no charge whatsoever. There's no obligation. There's no pressure. And we'll get your kids on the square. We'll get, you, <laughs> we'll get them on the right track. We just have a few moments left in this edition of More Than Money. If you'd like to reach out for a free second opinion meeting for yourself about anything, retirement, estate planning, your wills, your insurance, et cetera, all you need to do is ask. It may be for someone that you care about, uh, a child, a grandchild. We're happy to help there as well. All you need to do is ask. You ask by um, sending us an email, gene at askmtm.com or alyssa at askmtm.com. You can ask by going to our website, morethanmoneyonline.com morethanmoneyonline.com and you can ask uh, pretty simply uh, Monday through Friday in normal business hours 610-746-7007 610-746-7007 folks just seconds left next week the entire week Radiothon for Folds of Honor and next Saturday one week from today Alyssa and Jean at Relic Hunter Come visit us, bring your wallet, bring your checkbook, bring your credit card. We'll figure out how to get your money from you to Folds of Honor next week on More Than Money. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time on More Than Money.